Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Of course, we have the NBA Finals underway tonight. The Heat versus the Lakers. This is an interesting one to bet on. The Heat for the series are plus 270. The Lakers for the series, minus 325. I think if you're going to bet on this series, it's a no-brainer to take the Heat. I pretty much feel like this series is a toss-up. I know a lot of people are very much pro-Lakers here because they're a a public team. But at plus 270 for a series, I feel like it's pretty close to a a toss-up. That means if you bet $100, you could win 270. It would if you bet on the Lakers, you'd have to bet 325 just to get 100 back. So obviously the Heat are the better uh, betting choice as far as this NBA series goes. So, but don't get mad at me if you lose your money. You never know. So from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here in an undisclosed location, upstate New York. You know, it's just going to be more and more, depending on how this stuff turns out in November, it's going to be more and more undisclosed. You don't know where I am, Jack. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm here and uh, here with my great co-host and friend, the great Jamal Murphy, holding it down. What's going on, Jamal? What's up, Bill? Like you said, holding it down in Brooklyn, New York. Nice day out. Can't complain. Yeah, we're here with uh, the great Greg Oden. Yeah, great Greg Oden, man. One of the, probably the most spectacular college players ever. Uh, I mean, really. And a great interview. Oden was one of the brightest guys, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to because he was always, you know, he, he was not just basketball. He could talk about a lot of lot of different things so he's always somebody who's just very a delight to uh to talk with as a player and particularly now so yeah. i mean he's lots of platitudes man you know he was a two-time national high school player of the year all-american defensive player of the year at ohio state first overall pick in the 2007 nba draft for portland uh tell you man we go on and on and on but greg how you doing man thanks for being on the show I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate that <laughs> intro. You got me feeling like the, the Sway in the Morning intros. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> hey, uh, let, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though, man. I mean, not though. <laughs> How do you, when you look back at your career, um, you've had some time now to let it percolate and brew. How, how do you put your career in perspective? I mean, you had an injury and stuff like that. How do you how do you look at your a great college career, injury? Uh, you know your, your your pro career was kind of compromised by injury. How philosophic are you about that? That it was sort of God's way of saying, okay, listen, man, you did this, 
you do a little bit of this, but now there's a whole lot more for you to do. How do you, how do you put your career in perspective? Well, um, right now, kind of like what you said, uh, I kind of look at it like basketball really didn't work out for me, but it did get me to some great places. It got me to meet some great people, do great things. But, you know, there's a lot more life left to live for me uh, and my family. And there's so many more things that I can do now. And basketball has given me those opportunities to look at and look at life a different way um, and seize those opportunities when I can right now. Mm-hmm. What, what are they? Tell, tell us, I know you're doing, uh, uh, you're, you're an advisor, uh, athlete advisor to uh, ed, Educor? Educor. E D Y O U C O R E. Yeah, tell us um, tell tell us about that. What is that? Educor is a sports entertainment financial literacy company. Um, basically, we talk to athlete teams, college athletic programs, and individuals just about the importance of financial literacy um, and educate these guys, you know, about the importance of you know, finances, you know, myself being an ex-athlete, you know, I'm one of the perfect guys to be able to talk to these guys about that because I've sat in their shoes before, you know, as you said, I was the number one pick, you know, I was at the best of the best of my game. And as we know, as athletes, you only got a short window, athletes and entertainers have a short window to make, you know, the crazy amount of money that they do um, in that short time. And a lot of us don't have a financial education background to be able to handle it or sustain it for a long time. So, you know, myself, uh, you know, there's financial veterans and educators and other pro athletes like Antoine Walker and Bart Scott, who um, we talk to these athletes, entertainers and young kids, just empowering them to, you know, make the best decision, you know, have the knowledge to let that money last, you know, that they can make smart decisions for the long run and not short term. How, how difficult is that as somebody who's run through money? I would never, and all the critiques that I will write about athletes, I would never write something about somebody screwing up money because it's so easy to do it. I mean, it's, it's so easy to do it, particularly if you're not, you know, as you know, if you're not born in wealth and grow up in wealth, um, uh, why is it so difficult? Uh, wh- why is the money, why can it be so difficult? Well, because it's so easy to come by. It's so quick to get out your pocket, you know? Um, and as you just said, a lot of us don't have that background or have the people around us, you know, to have that background to advise us to make smart decisions. You know, I, I love being a part of this, you know, financial education movement, um, especially with Educor, the opportunity because it is helping. And I want to say, like, I remember when I first started working with Educor and uh, Marshawn Lynch, remember when he, uh, his yeah. final game, he yeah. goes, boys got to count your chicken. Boys ain't in the right <laughs> spot. And I swear, that was like shortly after I, I got with uh, Educor. And that really made me feel like, you know, I, I'm really doing the right thing right now, you know, helping out these young athletes. When you see a guy like that doing it, you know, one thing we, we preach is, you know, having a, a personal relationship with your financial advisor, with your lawyer, um, and with your tax guy. And one day I was out to dinner, and I look over to this guy, one of the Ohio State football players' dads, and I see him sitting at a table with three other guys, with his lawyer, with his financial advisor, and with his tax guy. And it just, 
you know, like little things like that made me really look at it and be like, yes, like I'm actually doing the right thing and trying to educate these guys and even helping myself, you know, during uh, all this lockdown and quarantine, it gave me some time to look at my own finances and, you know, put some, change some things around and make better decisions, you know, get on a, a good budget with my family, you know, to help, you know, last this money for a long time. Because as we see, for a lot of people, work is, you know, few and far, far between. So, um, you know, do everything you can to, you know, prolong your money, grow your money, but be smart with and educate yourself to, for you to make that decision, not just always put, you know, the financial advisor and you never talk to him for two or three years and you look up one day and you're like, well, why is this missing? You know, I thought I had this much in the bank account and I only got this much, you know? And that's one thing that I like to talk to the guys about and just give them that empowerment, the importance of knowing these things and, and you doing your due diligence to, you know, uh, educate yourself about finances. Well, you know, as an athlete advisor, at EduCore, you're, deal, you're counseling amateurs athletes as well as professional athletes, right? And this is a weird time for amateur athletes with, you know, being asked to play during a pandemic. I'm, you know, I'm wondering about why you wanted to, you know, become an advisor. Because, you know, you mentioned your, you know, your basketball career. You said basketball didn't really do as much for you as you would have as you would have wanted it to, but I mean, your accolades are ridiculous. You were, you know, you were two-time high school player of the year, the number one draft pick, um, All-American in Ohio State. And it's interesting that your best years were in college where you weren't in a time when you couldn't be compensated, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you go about talking to amateur athletes? Um, you know, what's your advice to them? You know, that those are some of their best years that they're playing. Um, and they're not going to be compensated for and and what kind of leverage can they use to decide whether to play in an atmosphere like this when i think about talking to an amateur athlete or a college athlete for one i feel like it's my duty to do what i can to give back i mean that's helping guys out with basketball that's doing all i can giving um some knowledge or just some little gems on how you know you can do something to better yourself because i've been through some ups and downs in my life now, the financial literacy side, talking to a college athlete, those are the guys who really need to know it. Um, you know, a lot of those kids who are on athletic scholarships don't come from financial backgrounds like that. So when they get their college degree, as we know the NCAA gives them, and then just shove them off into the world, you know, a lot of these kids, even myself, was, I don't even know how to write a resume the right way, you know? you get this little template of what to do, but are you doing it for the, the right job, you know? So to educate these people on, you know, financial literacy at that age, I think is very important because when you get out in the real world and you're making your own money, these decisions that you want to make at a, long, at a young age to set yourself up for life, you know, a lot of them are coming from um, student loans. You know, a lot of these are already coming out of college, you know, backed up. Um, having to pay money. So why not educate these guys on how to take advantage of whatever money you get and put yourself, make the decisions to put yourself in the best possible way to make that money last and to grow your money. Um, I think, you know, the young kids are the perfect group to talk to, especially for somebody like me, who, as you said, you know, that was the time when I was at my best game, you know, and it was all about sports. But I didn't hear anything about financial literacy then. You know, it was all basketball. I was lucky enough to be in a situation where, 
you know, I was good for a while and now I got to handle myself and, and figure things out now, but not a lot of people are going to be put in that situation. So to get these kids early is something that I, I really enjoy doing. What, what was your top salary? Uh, your top earning? Uh, my fifth year in Portland, I think I made $8 million that year. Uh, you know, to, to those of us on the ground, you hear these numbers, you know, Eight is like I, I was. What does that check look like? I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, seriously, I mean, what, what does that check look like? I know it was five after tax. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I still, I mean, I still, I still, I mean, that's still a substantial amount of number. It's just the average, the average person. That's like a lot of money. You could build a lot of. Uh, you could eat a lot of, you know, chicken burgers, with, with you know, with with that. But I, how stunned were you when you got your first NBA check? Cause I don't know. I don't know if people, the average person knows what that check looks like. You know, we, you know, we get our little check, and what does that check look like? And how did you react to your first check? Well, there's two different things because you know when I first knew I was going into the draft, you know, you we didn't have no money. The draft wasn't till what June, July. June, yeah, June, yeah. June. So. You know, we sitting there working out and season doesn't start till October. So after I got drafted, you know, we got a credit loan, you know, me and Mike Conley. And the first thing we did was go to Best Buy, you know. Oh, wow. he had a video game system. I got about a hundred DVDs. Oh. Uh, but you know, and then that first NBA check, um, as I said before, you know, I didn't know no better. So, you know, I, I agreed to go with my advisor out in California. And one thing I did was just send it right to them. You know, I, I didn't want to have to deal with that check coming in. You know, at a young age with 19, I wasn't looking at my check stubs and, you know, trying to understand where every looks, every dollar was coming in and going out at. You know, I, I didn't do that at a young age. And that's some of the things I like to talk to the kids about and, and that these young men, you know, look at that stuff, understand what money's coming in, what bills you're paying, what's going out, so you can actually put yourself on a good budget so you're not overspending, you know? You look at your account one day and you think you got this much in it, but you really don't because you're not paying attention. Mm, mm. You mentioned uh, one of the big things is that these kids and young professionals surround themselves with the right people, mm -hmm. right? Um, you, have so, you have so many people coming at you with different uh, uh, agendas and all that. What what does that mean? Like, who are the right people? How do you? How do you the white people? It? Are you saying Jamal? The white people? No, I, said, right? I said the right, the right oh, people. I, I, okay, I just want to make sure I heard you right away. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I, I guess the right people would be uh, people who are adding to your life, people who are educating you on things, people who you trust, people who's not scared to tell you how they see it, and people who whose advice you actually appreciate and will consider. Um, people who you can question and they can have answers for you. Uh, those are the type of people you want in your life. Um, but I think the trust part and the educating part is probably the biggest thing to me. Um, like I look at it sometimes, like I remember, you know, having a lot of family around me uh, when I was younger, but was I empowering them to do something for themselves instead of just be around me, you know? Was I having my cousin cook for me and growing his skills as a chef, you know? Was I having my uncle there, you know, 
clean up the house and then he gets paid that way? Or was I just sending my brother a check every couple of weeks instead of making him work for something? You know, making him get his grades in high school and then in college before he got paid for me, you know, making them feel empowered to do something for themselves as well. Those are the type of people you want around you. You know, as a basketball player, you want the guy around you to take you to the gym at night, you know, get you out of the club and say, let's go get some extra shots up today. Right. You know, let's say, let's chill out today. You know, you got a game tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then family, of course, you know, people who make you feel comfortable and, and bring you back human, you know, because, you know, once you're in that professional eye, you know, everybody looks at you a little bit differently. But who are the people that's going to be there for you and, and treat you like a normal person and bring you back to center, I always like to put how, how how hard is it to find love? I mean, this is a different thing, but because I was wondering about that. I mean, again, people like you, you know, just the average guy, you you, fit, you know. But how how difficult is it once you become, you know, like in that in that environment to like know who, you know, who's you know who to hook up with because they love you or like how do you sort through that? Uh well, that's tough. Uh, a different me would say, go look, go sort them all out. As many- <laughs> right, right. At, at a young age, you know, <laughs> you know, at a young age, you, you got to date around and see who you feel comfortable being around all the time. Who do you enjoy? Who do you like? Who can you do different things with? Um, but, you know, when people are looking at you at a meal ticket, sometimes that's hard to do. You know, people are going to put off that best, their best to you. And, you know, you're always, I say, it's hard walking in a room where everybody knows you and you know nobody. Right. So do you know if that person is real when they come up to you and you just start off a conversation? Or did they just Google you for the past 15 minutes and then come (laughs) over there and start conversation with you? Because that happens a lot. Right. Right. And I, and I, I, you know, I I feel like, you know, people should day around, you know, enjoy other people's company, you know, figure out what's your likes and dislikes. Uh, That's a big thing that I noticed about myself um, when I retired and I was thinking about what's next in my life. uh, I literally had to sit down and go, what do I like to do? You know, and, and a lot of people, when you're an athlete, you don't take the time to figure out yourself away from the sport. You know, it, it was basketball for me from what, sixth grade till I retired in 20. Well, actually, I played in the big three last year, but <laughs> you still ain't retired. <laughs> you still chasing it. It was tough for me to, to know what I wanted to do next. So when I, I sat down in my office and, and tried to figure out, all right, what do I want to pursue? I had no idea. So I would say to a young person, you know, figure out who you are away from your sport, you know. Maybe that's one of the great things of the bubble and that shit. Them cats have a lot of time to think about what the hell they want to do. So this, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you isolated like that and you got a lot of time to figure out, damn, is this, what is all this? Is this what I want to do? You know? Right. right. Well, another thing about the bubble, this championship is going to be the hardest one to win because you had everybody's best game, you know? They weren't going out. They weren't partying. They weren't out all night doing stuff, traveling. They were literally basketball, back to the room, film, ball, room, game, you know? Everybody's on their A game. Everybody's concentrating. 
You know, it's going to be a tough one, but I'm excited to watch it, too. So, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, it's the bubble. It should be an asterisk. Is this, you know, are people going to look back at this and, and try to discount it? You think that this championship is more real than any other one? I actually do. I, I think it's just so tough, you know, getting everybody's A game every night. Um, and I know if it was me, I wouldn't care if it was an asterisk or not. Give me my ring. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hear that. I hear that. Right. Hey, uh, hey, just one, one last thing about the financial stuff. Uh, did you sober up a, a little earlier because you had an injury, I think, your first year? So did mm -hmm. that kind of kind of turn the light bulb on? maybe a little early that, you you know, uh, that, wow, you know, this, this is kind of fragile. Actually, no. Um, at the time I got injured, I still wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, life after basketball. I was only thinking about coming back to play basketball. Never did I think, you know, that through all these years, I would only have really six years in the league technically um, and only played what a hundred games if that, you know, um, and, you know, as I said, I didn't have the people around me to tell me, look, you might need to sit down and think about what's next after the second and third surgery. You know, I, I really wish I did because um, it would have got me on the track a long time ago. And that's why I enjoy talking to the guys, you know, especially getting them at a younger age, you know, get them to start thinking about life after basketball. You know, you, you go to practice at 10 o'clock, you might be done one one thirty two at the latest, you know, you can come back at the end of the night, but you got a lot of free time, you know, take advantage of that stuff, you know, uh, figure out what you want to do in life, you know, do other things. It's interesting, you know, because as Bill was saying uh, before, you, you always were a smart guy, like you're always above average intelligence. And even you didn't think about it, even after an injury. So, you know, for the average guy, it must be even tougher. Like what, what, you know, what has to change in order for people to start thinking more critically about their own well-being in, in, in the long term? Well, you need people to talk to them about it. You need people to educate them about that. You need people, you know, that's what I'm trying to do in the forefront, you know, talk to young kids and, and you know, let them know, like, there's, there's life after your sport, you know. It can't just be sports all day, every day, because, you know, a lot of us know that, you know, sports is only a short period, short part of your life. You know, you, you got to live life. You got to enjoy life as much as you can, especially away from that sport. And, you know, it is tough. Uh, but, you know, trying to be one of these guys that keep on talking to these guys, keep on pushing it, putting it in their head. Like, you know, what do you like to do? You know, what, what makes you happy away from the game? You know, pursue that. Educate yourself on that. You know, and while you're making this amount of money, you can you have the money to put you know, to put in these different adventures that you want to go to or businesses or real estate that you want to pursue so do that while you can because believe me it's tougher to as i say it's tougher to get in the rooms when you're not on the court you know anymore you know every day you're on the court you got millionaires sometimes billionaires you got ceos everybody's sitting there you know sidelines they want to see you they're here to see you go shake their hand go say hello go ask them a question after the game you know get a meeting with them um, because when you're done playing, it, it's definitely tough to get it, open those doors. Did you have one of those moments when uh, when you retire and you realize that, like, uh, you know, doors you thought would always be open were kind of harder to open? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, I, I live in Ohio. You know, if you lived in L.A., it might be a little bit easier because that's, you know, where people are. That's where a lot of things, a lot of businesses are done. But I, I remember playing in the big three last year. I promise you, after every game, I shook Ice Cube's hand. And I told <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> you know, just little things like that. You know, one thing that I haven't learned, well, I'm still learning um, that I was not good at was networking. Mm-hmm. You know, you would go to these events and I would just say hi, you know, people would want to talk and then I would keep it moving. But, you know, to build those relationships, to reach out to somebody that you met before, look at their card and just send them a text, you know, say, how are you doing? You know, ask them a couple of questions and then keep it moving. You know, just to to keep that relationship going is something that we all need to do. And you never know what doors are going to open up later in life. So that's something that I'm definitely trying to do these days. But, you know, nobody really teaches you how to network, you know? Right, right. You just got to be that type of person to understand it. But, you know, coming up, I never was. So these are also other things that come along with, you know, I think financial education, because you never know what business opportunity is going to come from somebody you just met and just walked by or somebody you was sitting by on a plane, you know? Well, you're supposed to have your own plane. Huh? <laughs> you <laughs> have your own jet. <laughs> I do want to talk some ball with you. Uh, what we, we talked a little bit about the, uh, uh, the bubble. You thought the caliber of play is pretty high because all people are doing it's basically what you did when you first started playing. This is this is basically what it's like when you first start playing. Mm-hmm. The gym, everybody played same ram, same gym. You know, you didn't have a lot of fans around. It was basically about ball. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think that? Because uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear guys like you talk about the quality of. I, I'm I'm frankly um, really impressed between the Black Lives Matter stuff, athletes really not being afraid. Uh, maybe, maybe that's my question for you. In your generation, it seemed like Michael Jordan kind of set the tone for neutrality. You no, know, don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. Play ball. Seems like that's that's changed. Uh, maybe with I don't know whether it's LeBron or other people. Um, do you think there's been a shift in guys kind of being a little more open to like, you know, saying stuff, uh, or do you think by definition most people are are just kind of reticent? Um. Well, it's definitely been a shift. I mean, guys like LeBron, um, the Malcolm Brogdons, the Jalen Browns, you know, they're very outspoken. And the Chris Pauls, you know, they really care about our community. And, um, you know, as you said, you know, the guys or Michael Jordan back in the day really didn't let his political views be known um, like that. But guys these days, you know, it's such a – they always say the – the far right and the radical left, you know, but it's so far that, you know, even speaking on little things like Black Lives Matter, you know, it it gets so politicized, but it's something that needs to be said. I mean, you walk outside these days and everybody's protesting. I've been down there a couple of times. My wife's been down there a few times, you know, and and just trying to let our voices be heard, you know, uh, I guess I got a little girl and I want this world to be better for her. You know, as you said, Brian got kids. You know, a lot of these guys got kids and they want to see a better world and they're tired of, you know, the the old thing, you know, it's going to come, it's going to come. Wait, it's going to come. When? You know? 
speak up. You know, you said that to my great great grandparents. You said that to my great grandparents. You said that to my grandmother. You know, you said that to my parents. You know, and these athletes, they have the opportunity, and you know, they have the eyes to say something, and, and you know, just reach out to one person, change one person's mind or view. You know, and let them know what we stand for, and I, I commend them for that. I mean, it is a great thing. You know, the WNBA is doing a great job at that as well. They've always been on the forefront of that, and um, you know, just to see the NBA, WNBA, and all these athletes, you know, take that power, you know, and, and let people understand where they're coming from and the pain of, you know, the black community, black and brown communities, is it, something that you know I, I just commend. How, how big a difference do you think athletes can make by by speaking the way they are, by leveraging uh, their power within their within their uh, different leagues? Like, how do you think this is? You think they can make a huge difference? I think so. I mean, I think uh, what Milwaukee the, Milwaukee the Milwaukee Bucks did was big. You know, everybody came to the bubble for a reason, and they understood. You know the stuff that happened before that look, we're going to play, but we're going to take advantage of this moment of the cameras to shine a light on all these things we want to say. And for them to even after everybody agreed on this thing to say, look, man, we're not playing. We're tired of this stuff happening. We need to see some change, you know, get all these NBA owners to use their arenas as voting places, you know, in these cities that we know um, are going to have voter suppression. I mean, just last night on the debate, I keep on saying a lot of people went by it, but he was like, no, I need my people to stay at the vote polls. Right, and watch. Sure. I was like, wait, you mean when they go to the voting polls with guns and intimidate people? Right, and he exactly. Said that normally, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So right. to have, you know, these arenas, you know, to make sure that the commercials are on, to, to give the importance of voting and other things, uh, I think they do have the power. Um, you know, and to make that money and put that money in these organizations that are making changes, that are helping our people. I think that's something that a lot of these guys are doing um, that we really don't talk about, too. You know, a lot of these guys taking, you know, their checks from the bubble and donating them to these organizations that are helping out a lot. That's the quiet part that uh, people don't really see. You just see, oh, they, they're talking about voting every other commercial, you know, but a lot of this money is going to be donated to these organizations that are helping. I, I even saw where I think it was LeBron, because, uh, you know, Florida did the old okie doke. They said, well, felons uh, can only vote until they got to pay fines. And I think mm -hmm. it was LeBron or someone who actually paid fines. You know, right. people. Fines. Um, what's the Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but that's the thing that, you know, I just. I heard about that as well. You know, Trump's, he's uh, talking about all his judges, but, you know, that bill was as good as done until his judges came in and stopped it, you know, to, right. to let these, you know, ex-felons who served their time actually get back into the life and vote and, you know, let their voice be heard. And, you know, these judges that they put in place is not here for us, you know? So right. we got to go vote. We got to do everything we can do to, to at least help some of these people. Yeah. I mean, it's such a deep, I always thought that, um, I mean, I look at all this stuff as evolution, you know, like there's no, in no one generation go back to your great grandfather, you know, there's no, in other words, you basically, it's like a relay race. You know, your great, great grandfather runs as hard as could run and hands it to his son who hands it to you. Now, you know, hands it to you, 
Now you got you know, it's, it's, it's never over. It's, ne- it's never going to be over. I think you were saying, well, when, I think you were saying, well, they told this to my father and then they told me, when is it going to be over? Well, to me, it ain't never going to be over. You've got to be just as committed to right as they are to stopping you. You know, it's got to be, we'll be here forever. I mean, that has always be the attitude. You know what? This year will never be over. <laughs> you know, as long as, you know. You're right, but then I would throw in the context, uh, well, we won't be here forever if we don't get this climate change together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. That's true. Well, it got to be real, though. I mean, I think to a lot of folks, you know, you're trying to, like, deal with what's in front of you, and you don't realize that climate change could eventually eradicate everybody. But that's not front ticket. You just have to put groceries on the table. You try to get the police to stop, you know, shooting you. You know, there's so many other things that are immediate that, that the stuff that could eventually suffocate you, maybe you don't pay as much attention to. You know, the fact we'll all be underwater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say that, that's why I live in Ohio. I'm in the middle of the country, you know, Florida, <laughs> California. New. When I saw New York underwater a few years ago, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Real. That's right. Hey, hey, hey uh, Greg, just for, now you talk about your family a lot. Tell, tell about your family. Who's your... Me and my wife just celebrated our third anniversary. Um, Great. Congratulations. September 16th, and uh, my daughter turned four September 19th. Oh, okay. Good Virgo. I'm September 2nd, so she's got okay. Lots, okay. lots of promise. Yeah. What, what what else have you been up to besides the, the EduCore? And I know you were at, weren't you, you went back to Ohio State last year and were, and, and also were, were we're assistant coaching for the for the basketball team. Is that correct? Uh, that wasn't last year. Um, Two years ago. While I was finishing my degree, I graduated last year. So while I was finishing my degree, um, I was a student manager the first two years, and then I was a student coach the last two. Um, and I enjoyed that. That kind of got me the coaching bug. So you know, I know we're all you know shut down right now, but the plan is to go into coaching uh, next summer. Um, nice. But. Well, I can still do my financial literacy stuff with EduCore as well. Um, but right now, honestly, I've been trying to pick up the slack with baby girl because, you know, when school <laughs> shut down, uh, yeah, she still has all the energy. She's still up at 7 in the morning ready to go all day. And uh, my wife's in nursing school, and uh, she, you know, on the side makes a bunch of cakes uh, for here in, in the city for like, birthday cakes, any type of cake, uh, Lolo's Cake House, shout that out. Mm-hmm. And she has a mobile bar called the Private Mixer here in Ohio. So um, she got two businesses that she's doing and uh, maybe one day she'll let me guest bartend for her <laughs> mobile bar. <laughs> so I'm the muscle, I'm the mover. Um, but to help her out while she's in the thick of nursing school as well is a uh, I'm enjoying this time with my daughter, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'm doing the EduCore things uh, when I can because it's just not a lot of stuff to do um, right now. Um, but, you know, helping out the family is where I've been at right now. And, and, you know, planning on getting into coaching, you know, getting my basketball philosophy, um, getting my mind right on, on what I would like to see and how I can help, you know, a kid become the best ball player in person that they can possibly be. And what, le- what, le- what yeah. level coaching are you thinking of? College, NBA, high school? Uh, 
college, high school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the plan is, is till next summer, um, help out at a high school here. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, figuring out when the games are right now is still up and down. You know, every school gets to decide on themselves here in Ohio right now if they're going to play and how they're going to go about the season. So, um, but, you know, the, the goal will always be to coach in the NBA. Um, but I, I do enjoy, you know, talking to a young kid, being to, you know, change a young kid's mind to think better and make better decisions at a young age. How surprised were you that uh, here that Doc Rivers got uh, fired? I was actually very surprised. Um, you know, he made that program into a winning program, you know, definitely changed it around um, playoffs all these years, which wasn't something the Clippers did before he got there. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know, it was so quick that uh, I don't I don't really know what to say, you know. It was kind of like, wait, Doc got wait, Doc got fired, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. There's like, there's no. It just shows you how ruthless professional sports is. Like, there is no excuse. I don't care if there's a pandemic or whatever. You don't get it done in the playoffs. Yep. You get axed. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and you know, we, we as you said, it's ruthless in sports, and it's funny because you know the the owners and the people making those decisions don't get the backlash. But, you know, when Brian leaves and uh, goes to Miami and wins two championships and in his post-game speech, you know, he says, this is the hardest thing I ever did. You know, I'm from Akron. I'm basically from the Cleveland area. For me to leave home, you know, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever did. And I, I needed that to get this championship. You know, how mad they were at him for making the decision for himself. Right. You know, but, you know, as a player, when you just get let go, because I remember I was actually doing some research about myself, you know, just working on some things. And I, I was reading this article and it brought me back to uh, when I was released by Portland. And I promise you, I read it. And this was like earlier this week. And I got that hole in my chest mm. like that day when I got the phone call, mm. you know, thinking about that you know just mm. all the work that they put into me into the rehab and then to get released that year you know it hurt you know and you can't do anything about that but you know when when LeBron makes the decision for himself was best for him and his family you know people are giving backlashes burning his jersey like he paid for him for him like you pay for that jersey don't burn it <laughs> yeah along, along, along those same lines like going looking at your career and you know I followed you you know, end of high school, into college. And then remember 2007 draft, obviously you had Kevin Durant, uh, number two. I always, at the time, it was a no-brainer to me that you should be the number one pick. I mean, just your size, athleticism, you know, size matters in basketball. Um, but, you know, now in retrospect, people tend to for, almost forget that you got, that you had these three major injuries and they'll say, oh, he was a bust or whatever. I'm like, bust? He didn't even get a chance to play. So how, like, how do you, you know, what do you think about that when you look when you look back and, and also going towards the ruthlessness of sports and the fans also? Yeah. Um, you know, I used to make this joke, you know, like what KD's doing, well, damn, I am a bust when you compare it like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but you didn't have a shot. Yeah, but, you know, KD's great. I mean, he's just a great, probably go down top 10 all-time player ever. Right. Um, 
But if you want to bring negativity towards me and call me a bust, that's on you. Look, I look at it. I had some bad injuries. I never got the opportunity or the time on the court to show exactly what I could do. And when I did, I think I was getting, you know, to a place where I could be a pretty decent player in the league. Um, I'm not going to call myself a bust no more. You know, it, it was just a bunch of injuries and unfortunate. And I'm not trying to put that that negativity in my life anymore. You know, I, I love basketball. I'm so thankful for my opportunity. I wish I could have played more myself, but it just didn't work out that way. But as we said at the beginning of this call, um, you know, I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be to do some pretty good things and to impact a lot of people in life. And that's my plan. Hey, great. Last thing for me, um, let's, let's talk about, you know, uh, the bubble and, and the playoffs. I mean, this is still exciting. I mean, no matter, it's just exciting. And, and I personally, uh, the way these guys are competing, to me, is, you know, it cannot be easy. You know, it can't be easy. Just some of your thoughts about a being, all these guys being, and, and women being in this confined space. Do you ever think about, Dan, could I do that? Uh, you know, what would I do if I was there? And, and do you think this brand, this level of basketball is better? Um, I mean, I'm not going to go and say it's better because I know a lot of these ladies and men would love to be around their families and love to be able to stay home and then go play games. Um, it would be tough, but shoot, I did it before. You know, this is basically a, a, a drawn out, exaggerated, magnified basketball camp that we've all been to. <laughs> right, right, right. Also, um, but these guys, you know, at, at this age are, are way more disciplined. Uh, ladies as well. Um, shout out to the Aces that just made it to the finals. Um, I'm a big Aces fan, actually. Uh, but I, I think, you know, basketball, I can't do no more. I can't run up and down the court. That's just not <laughs> <laughs> right. but, uh, to have that discipline and to be around, you know, your brothers, you know, the, the coaches that you trust, you know, the staff that you come very fond of, um, to be around these people all going towards one goal. I think this journey is, is something that's going to be amazing for a lot of people, whoever the champions are and the people who participated in. And, you know, as I said earlier, you know, taking advantage and, and you know, you know, donating some of this money, some of your salary to these organizations to help people out in this world, you know, to bring attention, everything that they're doing in these bubbles. I think it's, it's a, a plus when it's all said and done for everyone involved. Who do you like in the finals? Uh, well, uh, you know, I was on the Miami Heat, uh, <laughs> but I did play with the greatest basketball player ever. So it's hard to go against him, but that is my ex-team, so I'm, I'm kind of thrown. Um, I, I really love how Spo uh, coaches that team. That coaching staff is amazing, and how well they play together. I was saying this about four weeks ago, that Miami's playing the best team basketball, and um, that's going to be tough, you know. Uh, that zone, when Brian needs to get to the lane, you know, that zone is, is clicking, and he can't get to the basket. Those guys aren't hitting. It's going to be tough, but, you know, it, it is very tough to go against the King. <laughs> so, what, so what you got? It sounds like you, it sounds like you're saying, uh, 
I know he's saying a lot. It sounded like it sounded like Lakers in seven. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing like Lakers in seven. It, it sounded like I was giving y'all the runaround. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we gonna do dribble and shoot. You know, what, what? <laughs> but you know what? I I'm I'm going I'm going Lakers in uh, in seven. All right, all right. Well, hey, this has been the great Greg Oden. Uh, pearls of wisdom man it's great seeing you man you look great you sound great seem like you're in really great spirits uh you know sorry about the water heater but uh, you know <laughs> right. perils of home ownership you get in the house everything's always broke they don't show you that on the wall <laughs> <laughs> i hear that but, uh, I, I do want to just tell the listeners, like, you know, if you want to learn more about Educore, you can go to educore.com. That's E-D-Y-O-U-C-O-R-E.com. Or you can follow Educore on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, they're doing great work. I, I'm so happy and proud to be a part of Educore and just to help people, you know, in this financial literacy, you know, just empower themselves and educate them uh, about finances and you know how to be better and, and let that money last yeah i wish they could start in high school i wish right. i would have had something like that when i was a freshman in high school right like this is money this is yeah. what you know but yeah, or aau programs should start there i said this is money and give me half of it for taxes <laughs> yeah oh absolutely <laughs> I, I that's a whole other story <laughs> Hey, but hey, Greg, uh, thank you so much, man. Best of luck. Uh, best of luck with Educor. I uh, hope everybody follows it. I hope a lot of these uh, mothers and fathers who've got these, you know, check it out because it is very, very important. Well, thank you guys for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. And I hope you all are safe and healthy as can be to you and your families. And thank you. All thank right, you. man. Really appreciate it. Take care, it. Greg. Talk to you soon. All right, fellas. All right. That was a great Greg Oden. Uh, great interview, you know. He's always been a nice guy. You know, always, oh, great guy. he's always very fun to, fun to talk to. And, uh, you know, you could tell, even in college, man, Kel was just very, uh, very intelligent guy and great sense of humor. I don't think he was a bust. I mean, you know, I mean, it's all relative in terms right. of, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just don't think you could be a. You, you can't call a guy a bust if he never. It, it would be one thing if he was healthy, and he played seven terrible years and and was like cut, you know. The, but he never, you know, from before he played his first game, he had a micro fracture. He had a micro fracture surgery, I think, in his right knee. Then two years later, he has micro fracture surgery in his left knee, and then again, I think he had three micro fracture surgeries. Remember those micro fracture surgeries? That's what Amari Stoudemire had that he never oh, was the same. And, that, and that's what Grant Hill had. Yeah, Grant Hill. You know, yeah, so, so. Yeah. So, uh, all right, man, before we close up, what do we got? Uh, what, what are our quick hits? You want to talk about the uh, the debate, which I didn't watch. I mean, you were very smart not watching it. Because like, well, I, what, like I was telling you, like I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a – I can be a political junkie. Mm -hmm. so, so, so I do – you know, I always – like to watch the debates and usually I enjoy them no, no matter what almost I like you know I like the whole thing of it and but this time I mean I'm watching it towards the end I mean Trump was just too much he was just it was just it was just like a Trump press conference where he just keeps spewing nonsense and he was interrupting and fighting with the fighting with the moderator uh, the moderator Chris Chris uh, Wallace. Wallace he couldn't control him 
He was he was just he was too nice. Who was surprised? Trying to be too nice to him. Yeah, who was surprised? I mean, that, that's the whole. It's this whole four years. Is it, man? That, all the shit that you thought was normal, the the fighting, the gentleman fighting, the shaking at the middle of that, all that's out, man. Uh, that that's everything you thought about competition and what's dirty. This is taking dirty. Fi- I mean, that's the norm. Any any shit that you could imagine that's awful is what is what's the norm. The it worst is. shit that you could imagine, it really is. It really and you can't. It's, I mean, and in terms of debate, now you you knew he was going to turn this shit into like a rally, you know. Uh, so um, that's why I said so. And I think by this time, man, you said debate. Everybody has pretty yeah. much made up their mind. I mean, right. everybody's right. made up their mind. It's just right. uh, does does this guy use the power of his office to steal this shit? He's gonna let you know that's what I intend to do. And, he's, and he said it He said it in the quote-unquote debate, like you said. Yeah. He, he mentioned what he's trying to do. That's the only thing, the best thing, the only good thing about the debate, I guess, is just to let him keep talking. And, you know, if, if he, because he, he's never going to say anything productive that, no. that actually makes sense. So you, do, you give, I guess, the people who, who somehow don't, don't get it, that this guy is, you know, he's a complete fraud. Um, if you don't, you know, maybe, maybe they'll, they won't. But I mean, no. that's the only thing I can say. Just let him keep, you know, digging himself a hole and see. And hopefully, it's too big a hole for him to cheat his way out of at the end. Hopefully, well, we shall no. see. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, the big thing, the big thing of the debate is is the TV aspect of it, the ratings, because it, well, it always, I mean, the, it always yeah, strikes me. It's like high. it's like the Super Bowl. Like they promote this thing like it's not like like it's not as important as it is. It's like it's almost the same way you would report. You know, you would you would talk about the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals. It's like, uh oh, well, the music in the is. background. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is about ratings. I'm sure that ratings sky high. Right. So I mean, that's just the dilemma of it. You write a book about this guy, whatever. It, 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 it's going to be a bestseller. Right. You know, if you could get his attention for him to like tell what a to how awful you are, yeah, tweet <laughs> about it. You know, um, back in the real world of football, at least it's football before. Yeah, I mean, at least that's somewhat real. Uh, although right. I, that with betting, I think that might be next. Sports might be the next thing to start getting compromised. Well, here, here's an interesting betting uh, topic in our bet online ads that we run sometimes. I had mentioned that you could bet whether NFL coaches would be fined, uh, mm-hmm. whether any NFL coach would be fined for not wearing a mask. That turned out to be true. You should have bet on that. And then the <laughs> the right. other bet that was interesting to me that had – wild odds was there was a bet will the nfl have to cancel a game this year and it was like so wildly in favor of no like it was like plus nine nine hundred like so if you bet 100 that they would cancel a game and and they did you would get 900 back okay that's how the odds were 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 balanced and look look where we are you should have made that bet because (laughs) They were already postponing Sunday's game between Tennessee and Pittsburgh because Tennessee has nine uh, either players or staff members that have that have tested positive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the bubble really is the only, the only way, way to do it. It's the only way to do this stuff, man. You know, because once people leave the ballpark and you have no control of what, what do you think these guys are doing? I mean, really, you think particularly in baseball. Or probably football too. I mean, what do you think? What do you think they're doing? They're going out. In fact, there were reports that uh, you know a couple of Las Vegas players, uh, David Carr, the quarterback, some other guys, you know, went somewhere in Las Vegas that that was, 
you know, they, they weren't supposed to be in even in terms of the state regulations and state ordinances that they, you know, they were at some gathering they weren't supposed to be at. So, and you think that's not going on with every, with every team? That's why I'm, I was shocked that this is the first um, news that we get of, a, of mass COVID positives. And, and, and in a way, I'm, I'm happy that, that to know that they are testing guys and, and that, that they are disclosing uh, issues where there are positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just staying home, man. What does <laughs> what does Steve Wilson say? Uh, he's still in phase one. Right, right, right. right, right. I'm still in phase one. Right. Uh, 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 NBA finals begin tonight. Who do you like? Who do you like in the final? What, what's your uh, none of this game to game stuff? Who do you like in the finals? I like. I'm going, um, I'm going with LA. Yeah, I'm saying I'm my my official is LA in seven because I'm I just think you know I think LeBron will get it done in the end but I think this is a tough series that that really is a toss-up I think Miami Miami and LA have the same record I think they're both like 14 and 3 or 12 and 3 or something like that in the playoffs but Miami's probably played the tougher schedule they played the better teams on the road to get here so I think a lot of people are sleeping on Miami I think it's basically a toss-up series but Officially, I'm going to go Lakers in seven. But I also, I also had the Bucks in seven, and I had, I had the <laughs> right. Celtics in seven. So. Right. So, so don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Miami's tough. Uh, Miami's tough. You know, uh, Jimmy Butler. The best thing about Jimmy Butler is that he introduced us to a really great uh, R&B song on that commercial, that uh, ultra light beer commercial. Uh -huh. That song. Uh -huh. A lot of people reference that song. It's called. Uh, Take this love of mine, or I'm give something like that. Uh -huh. It was like this cool R&B song that came out in 1964, and a lot of people. I got to the page. A lot of people. I heard this song on a, on a, um, on a, uh, on a beer commercial, and a lot right. of it was really a really great tune. So thank you, Jimmy Butler, for that. I gotta go back and watch that. I didn't. I didn't peep that. Yeah, no, check out the it'll, it'll show. It's a great tune. Doom, doom, doom. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, listen, Jamal. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, uh, Wednesday, enjoy the playoffs. Any thoughts about uh, the NFL early on? Uh, I'm, I'm on the Cam Newton watch. Yeah, uh, I'm on the yeah, I'm on the Cam Newton watch. I, I, I see good things in New England. Uh, like I said, who would thought who would have thought we said that? Yeah, who would have thought we said that? Who would have thought I'd be rooting rooting for New England to have a great season? But I, I, <laughs> I see it happening. Uh, the other big news uh, from the past week was, of course, Mahomes. He kept it rolling and he pretty you know, he dominated. The Ravens and oh my God. thoroughly outplayed Lamar Jackson last year's MVP, who I still love. I just think, you know, they gotta let they gotta open it up for Lamar. I mean, he's already shown he's improved. He's improved as a passer. He can pass the rock. They, you know, they're still just ground and pound, and then you know, get the third down, try to have him run for a first down. Just open it up for him. He's a talented guy. Let him do it. Let him let him show all his skills. That's what I'm saying to Baltimore. All right. Well, just hopefully passing is one of them. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, because you know all the the secret now is get ahead of ball, get get ahead of jump on him early right. and make him try to beat you from behind. Right. You know, and 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 that's what he's going. And also, I think uh, I wonder if uh, Mahomes is in his head. Just like I wonder if uh, if uh, Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, is in Dak Prescott's. I mean, you know, like mm -hmm. you just can't mm -hmm. beat these guys. You know. Right. Uh, Makes sense. So, yeah. You know, and you know they keep asking. Lamar Jackson about Mahomes. He, I don't see how he's not in his head. 
You know, and he, even, he gotta be. Yeah, he even says, "I don't want to talk about Mahomes." He doesn't. <laughs> he's like, he's <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. He's the last person I want to hear. So, but but he's in the AFC with you for the foreseeable future. So that's right. So you got you might as well find a way to beat him or, or right. get traded to the NFC or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, all our millions of listeners. Thank you guys for listening. What's your spiel, Jamal? About just supposed to. Yeah. Uh, you, Listeners, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, the Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And definitely hit us up on social media at BrosPod on Instagram and Twitter. All right. And we'll see everybody or here. We will hear us next week. Everybody stay safe. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube